Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, James Cratch, Keith Sargent, fellas, we have a basketball season here. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and this is the kind of thing that has just been a pleasure to cover. It's been a lot of fun, and it's almost like our world has been flipped upside down. You know, after going through a lot of things, a lot of teams that you're expecting to lose, now you're watching this Scarlet Knights basketball team, expecting them to win, and you're surprised as I think most of us were, when they're down six points to Nebraska late and you're thinking this is a game that they can't lose. They really don't want to go two in a row. They really, this, this is the one that would be the first, you know, X mark on their NCAA tournament resume. And boom, they storm back nine points in a row to finish the game. Geo Baker with a, with a clutch onions level three. I mean, Cratch, give, give me a sense. You were in the building. Give me a sense what, how you were feeling during that comeback. Did you think it was inevitable? Were you, were you surprised that they were down? I mean, what, what were the emotions in the building? I was surprised they were down. I, you know, just because, you know, it was weird. Like, you know, I looked back at the the box score from when they beat them out of Nebraska, and you know, the the thing that didn't kind of travel was the was the advantage on the boards and in the paint. But then, at the same time, you felt like Miles Johnson was dominant, so it was kind of hard to kind of match those two things together. But when they're down seventy two sixty six with two forty five to go. I just had this feeling like they're going to find a way to win the game. Hmm. And after Fords, I was like, how can I, you know, I've only covered records for you know, my third year now. I've never been at a point where I, in that sort of situation where I've been like, oh, your yeah, records is going to find a way to win the game. It's really a remarkable feeling. And I thought the biggest, my biggest takeaway was after the game and the press conference where it seemed like Steve Peichel, who has been, you know, just throwing out all the talking points all year long. We got picked to finish 12th in the Big Ten. We're young, one game at a time. It's a journey, all that stuff. When I asked him, you know, hey, you just this is the first regular season home-and-home home sweep that you've had of, uh, since you joined the Big Ten. You know, is that a little thing or a big thing? And Steve Peichel said, yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> he fought, So even he is exalted. Like, he can't even deny anymore that this is a renaissance and there is something happening here, and this team looks – like an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, and, and uh, that's a great point. To, to Steve's point, I'll, I'll go back, and, and right now they're positioning themselves to n- not even be an issue on, on Selection Sunday, which is kind of crazy in itself, right? I mean, um, I was talking to someone else. Since 1991, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament. Everyone knows that, but you know, <laughs> they've really only been on the bubble one time 
maybe right. two if you want to count uh you know 2006 uh the year they went to the uh the the NIT championship i guess they were pretty pretty close you know late in the year if they would have beat virginia tech but really they weren't on the bubble on selection sunday only one time did they actually go into that selection show thinking there was any chance and that was uh it might have been uh kevin bannon's uh, uh second to last year so um they're trying to put themselves on a position where it's not even an issue and if they you know i've read all these different uh you know uh uh, different bra- bracketologists so far who have said that you know they it would be nice if they won a uh, you know a, a another road game which of course it would but if they win out if they do what the uh, you know the if crash if they make crash prophetic and 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 end up going nineteen and zero at home they're going to be in the NCAA tournament because that's going to uh, give them enough uh, wins and you know enough uh, conference wins and won't even be an issue but you know as of now they're just trying to put, uh, get get in position uh, where, where it's not even an issue. All right, and then this is that's a, it's a great point because in no other in no other town, no other college town in the country right now, does a team have Rutgers's record and resume, and they're sitting there going, "Oh boy, I hope we get in." <laughs> you know, there's no this, <laughs> no this is not a discussion in you know you know Chapel Hill or Tallahassee or you know or Norman, Oklahoma. If you are fifteen and five and you're you know the twenty you know in the top twenty and yeah. yeah all the diff- all these different rankings all any any metric you use the pick one Ken Palm you know net ratings they're, they're, they have a great resume in any of those things you know right now you know SB Nation has them as a five seat. You know, uh, Jerry Palm and CBS has him as a six seed. This is, you know, these, this, they are like, you know, m- multiple losses away from, from being a bubble team crash. I mean, this, this, this is, you know, even if they don't get that road win, I know everybody thinks that that's a, the box they have to check. You know, no one really, no, no teams really have that except Michigan State and Illinois, the two teams that have won on the road. You know, it's been very hard to win in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, they could just cruise through 19-0 at home and, and they're going to be in. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, I know, I think that Brad Wachtel kind of tweeted something out that no team has made the NCAA tournament with that large bid. I think it was like without five, like, neutral court slash road victories in the last three years. But, and I know that's that's important, and that's definitely a you know, key data point. But the Big Ten, I think, this year is just so strange. You know, I, I forget who it was. I think maybe it was David Jones and Penn Live who put this out, you know, like in the beginning of January, people were looking at Ohio State and saying, like, that team's going to make the incident. That team could go to the Final Four. Yeah. Now they look at Ohio State and they're like, we don't even know if this team's going to make the tournament. Right. The Big Ten is just such a, this weird setup, and everyone's so dominant at home that if Rutgers goes 19-0 at home, I think I think they're definitely in. They're probably in with room. So, yeah, I, I don't think this is like – I know people Rutgers fans are afraid that suddenly, you know, the carpet's going to get pulled out from under them. But as long as the team keeps winning at home, uh, I don't, and they're going to be favored the rest of the way. I, I don't see them not getting in a tournament. Two things, sorry, Steve. Have we decided, Steve? Have we decided yet if if they do go nineteen and zero? Considering, are we going to play back that tape of Cratch? I think you said it. Like, yeah. When did you say? You said in October. You know, September is is basically when he said it that they're going to go. Like, are we going to honor him in any way if they do go nineteen? I got to tell the audience something though, because Cratch does. He has a tendency to make a lot, a lot. He says a lot of things that are just crazy. He does. And they all do not come yep. true. So every now and then when he says something I'm like, I don't know why they don't go 19 and 0. And we laugh at him. It's because we laughed at the previous 13 things he said that did not happen. 
Well, it doesn't matter. Right. No yeah, one remembers when you're wrong. This one, which would be, which would be real. I mean, you'd have to tip your cap, and yeah, we'd have to hang a banner in Cratch's New Brunswick apartment. <laughs> we'd have to put one up. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, what have I got? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, what crazy proclamations have I made that haven't come true? <laughs> I don't. I mean, Jeff Monkin for Army coach was a pretty good was a pretty good one. That wasn't a pro, that wasn't a prediction though. That was merely a, uh, an opinion. That's true. You know. Good point. Good point. All right. Fair enough. We'll we'll, we'll have right, to get back to you on the next podcast. I'm sure there's one or two. We'll come up with something. If not, we'll just make. I mean, I did pick them in football to be Wisconsin two years ago. And, and in my defense, if Chris Ash, you know, wasn't just keep it close, Chris, they may have had a shot. You know, we got a punt. Fourth and seven from the 44. Got a punt. Right, you did have – I mean, you'd have Liberty competing for the for the national championship the way you hyped him at. Well, if they were – if that onside kick, that was – if they recovered that, that was a bad call. Who knows right, what happened okay. in that situation. All right, fair enough. At least, no, at least no one on this podcast actually put records, you know, in a, in a bowl game, you know, right. back in – Back yeah, in 2018, that, yeah, that, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll forget that one. Um, <laughs> getting back to basketball, I tell you, the one thing that impresses me about this team, Sarge, is that you know you have a guy like Ron Harper who dominates, just absolutely destroys Iowa on the road, 29 points, you know, on 10 of 14 shooting, uh, and then he comes back in this game and he is he's a he just he's having he had a bad day, he was just off, he just wasn't involved from the start. And they still win, you know. I mean, they find other guys. There's just a lot of guys contributing, and I think it's important that they have that kind of depth and balance that they can rely on different people. And I think it was important in this game that that Steve Peichel trusted his star, Geo Baker, with the ball in his hands late in the game. And I think that making that shot will build up his confidence. I mean, what do you think about those two points? Yeah, I, I think it's a mark of depth. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it. They're they're basically down to a, a you know he's gotten the rotation down to nine. Um, you could say ten, maybe if, if you know uh, decor, you know, but he's not really part of the nine. The, the nine. Um, it's interesting the way he plays it. Uh, generally, he, you know, he'll he'll sub in all four guys. You know, his, his top four uh, subs at about the 15, 14 minute mark, and and let them play. So it's almost like putting in a whole new lineup and letting them go. And then um, you know, he really has trimmed down the the, the rotation to the way he, he wants it. Um, it kind of, you know, makes up for a lot of ills when, you know, a guy like Geo Baker, who, you know, who, you know, gets, gets injured, you know, and then uh, takes a little while to get back in, 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 in the form. Ron Harper, like you said, has, you know, ha- has an off night. Um, I, w- I would say getting back to the rotation is, you know, one key thing. You know, if, if you notice, they've fallen behind early in these games, last two home games, 10-2 um, against Minnesota, uh, 9-2 to against Nebraska. I would look to maybe try to get Geo Baker back into the starting lineup, maybe give him a little bit of confidence yeah. as well. You know, he's a starter. Uh, he should probably be uh, starting these games. I would probably put Caleb McConnell back to his normal bench role. Um, either way, you know, at this point, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, we went into the season thinking, well, you know, it's almost an embarrassment of riches with, with, with all these guards, and, and Steve Peichel has really done a good job utilizing them. All right, let's break down the rest of the schedule here. We've got 11 games left, uh, bookended by Purdue. We'll start with Purdue at home on Tuesday, end of the regular season with Purdue on March 7th. In between uh, two, three games against ranked team, two of them are Maryland, at Maryland, at home against Maryland, Illinois is number 21. I mean, when you look at this now, is where do you see the game that you circle as a concern? One that you're like, oh, they, you know, this could be trouble. And the game where you think, all right, this is one that they could steal to, to kind of put that, to put the bow on their resume. Well, I think the real concern and our, you know, friend of the podcast, podcast uh, 
you know, counterpart, I guess you wouldn't say colleague, Danny Breslau. I bounced into him uh, as I was walking into the rack on Saturday. He made a great point. He said, you know, everyone talks about, you know, getting a road win. Rutgers has to avoid a landmine. Yeah. They were able to navigate one on Saturday against Nebraska. It was much closer than anyone would have hoped. Northwestern at home, February 9th, Sunday night, mm-hmm. 6.30, weird time, weird tip-off. Crowd might – I mean, I'm sure it's going to be sold out, but you don't know how many people are actually going to be in the stadium on a Sunday night. Um, that's a tough one. I remember, this team lost to Northwestern last year when Northwestern was pretty bad. And, you know, Northwestern's again, you know, the bottom of the league. You got to be – you can't have that landmine. I, I almost feel like this team would be better off getting – Decisively losing every road game the rest of the way, as long as they hold serve at home. Because if they lose to Northwestern, that's you don't want to give the the selection committee a reason to keep you out of the tournament. Right. right. Northwestern would they, do yeah. that. Um, the one they can steal to me is I think at Penn State would be a major feather in their cap. Maryland's really good on the at home. Uh, I think they're they're undefeated at home. You know, Wisconsin is a tough place to play. You know, with a quick turnaround after you play Michigan at home, you know, I, I don't really – I think the Michigan game at the Garden in a week, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. I would say at Penn State, that's where they can steal one. Because um, just because they could win at Ohio State, but Ohio State struggled so much, I don't even know if that has the same kind of impact that it would have a couple it's weeks ago. sort of ago. the problem, Sarge. They don't – like you talk about when you got to win, you got to win road games. They don't have only have five opportunities. I mean, Michigan's a neutral site game. I mean, yep. that, I guess that would certainly be – in my mind, that would – that would count as a qual- certainly a quality away from home win, but you know you got at as Kratz said at number seventeen Maryland they are I think behind uh, right they're very they good, good behind yeah, other Michigan State they're I the second best team in the league uh, Ohio State at Ohio State another yep. tough place to play Wisconsin Penn State Purdue bad match I mean yeah it's, it's going to be tough to find that next road game probably yeah. Penn State would probably be their best opportunity. Um Maryland I watched them today against Indiana. Yeah, the Maryland's yeah. good. You know, they, they you know they hung on to win the game and uh you know Mar- Maryland it might be the uh, best best team in the Big 10 at this point. Um you know Ohio State you know like you said is you know they they there was at one point you know where where they were a top 5 team in the country and people were uh, were thinking that they might be the uh, best chance to actually get to the final four in the Big 10 but um you know, at, at this point, again, I think it, it might be a little bit of overrated. You have to remember, guys, that when you get to Selection Sunday, there's a lot of teams with awards. I mean, there's a lot of teams with bad losses. Kentucky, you know, had a really bad loss early in the year. There's a lot of teams. With, with, if, if Rutgers' biggest wart is uh, not having um, any – if they're, if they're st- sitting there with 22, 23 wins, you know, and, and they don't have that marquee road win, I, I think uh, right. that debate, okay. that debate right there, is not about whether they're in or not. It's whether or not they're a, a four seed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't think any yeah. people would be happy just to see them pop up on the screen. You know that if they don't have a good road win, they might not be seated high, right? I mean, that's sort of what the. If you're a Rutgers fan, you don't want to be. You don't want to be. And this is again, we're talking about like you know what the stuff that I thought <laughs> I wouldn't be saying. Uh, you know. In, you know, at this point, you know, in, in January, but if you're, you know, you don't want to be eight, nine, yeah. because, you know, if you're eight, nine, then, then you have to play a uh, one seed, you know, in, in, in the second round. So, you know, if, if they're, you know, anywhere between five, you know, through seven, you know, that's fine. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know, sadly, you know, you don't, obviously you don't want a total swoon, but 
you don't want to be you know, in the position where you have to play a one seed. But, and this is know, the thing this year with college basketball is that there's just no, there's no, certainly no great team. Uh, there aren't very, very, very good teams. There's just a lot of teams. And this is my point, my question to you, Cratch, about this. When, you know, now watching, I've, you know, I think I've seen everybody in the Big Ten, maybe, you know, I don't know if I've watched Northwestern, but anybody worth it, I've watched some of their games. And I, I haven't seen a lot of teams. Like you watch Iowa, like, okay, well, they're, they're very good, but they're not great. Are we seeing, is the Big Ten, uh, just strong from top to bottom? Is it mediocre from top to bottom? I mean, what what is your sense when you look at this league? Like, how how is this how is this conference going to do when it gets say it does get nine teams into the tournament? What 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 do we expect to see from the from the league overall? This is kind of a cop out, but like yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, no. Like, I could see this being a situation where like the Big Ten, you know, they get ten teams, eleven teams in, and and. and you know, eight of them make the second round, and they've got six in the Sweet 16. Or it could be one of those situations where, like, you know, a couple – I think it was last year the year before, everyone talked about how great the Big East was, and all of a sudden it was Sunday, and Villanova right, was the only right. team left. You know, so I think it's, you know – and I think this probably what you said, like, you're right, like, Rutgers is in a tournament. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. For when Rutgers is a five seed and people are like, oh, we got 512, 512, gotta play Tulsa. What's gonna happen? <laughs> it's here? Gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Oh, of course, <laughs> the know? selection committee screwed us with that matchup. It's gonna be hilarious. 512 <laughs> game, 512 game. Here comes, here comes uh, oh. you know, Cleveland State. They're hot. Gary yeah, Waters revenge yeah. game. No. Um, but no, and I will say this too Rutgers, priority number one is to make the NCAA tournament. It seems well on its way. After that, it's gravy. I think in a perfect world, you get a seed where you're in Albany somehow, and you can play Seton Hall in, in, on the second weekend if, if all the and magic falls world. in place. That's the best. That's what they should hope for. Uh, anyway, it's I you, this is the, the the main takeaway though that this is just a lot of fun. It really is, and you know, it's fun to be able to have this conversation about about the Big Ten, the broader picture, to look at the standings, to see them, you know, a game and you know, game behind. It's, it's just, uh, it's you know, it, it it makes everything easier to cover and. Uh, you know the fact that it's a new, it's new, it's different. The team is very likable. Uh, it's going to be a fun month, you know. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, do we want to shift gears to football? We have some football news, uh, and I know we have a lot of questions. Well, Rutgers is a, is a basketball school. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're a basketball school. That's a good so point. Why okay. do we have to talk Signing to off here, Steve. No, like, we have to talk. We're contractually obligated. <laughs> if we don't, Greg Shannon's going to call us and ask uh. what happened. So. Um, so this uh, this is interesting. The you know the transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh away, and now it's taketh away. I, I mean, Cratch, this is not the you know I don't know that uh, that that Mojabi was going to be a player, but certainly Mike Myhetti is is a guy that they were counting on. I mean, what what do you see from the develop first? Tell us what happened development wise with the transfer portal, and what do you think it means? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, it's been kind of a, a steady trickle, you know. You had, you know, Eddie Lewis go on the transfer portal, Malik Dixon, um, you know, obviously Davon Robinson, Raheem Blackshear obviously, you know, went in portal. I mean, until Friday night, Blackshear was the only big loss Rutgers had had. You know, I mean, Eddie Lewis and Malik Dixon were guys who had really kind of fallen down the depth chart, even though they had starting experience this past season. You know, and everyone else who had gone to portal would end up in an FCS school. Blackshear going to Virginia Tech, that was the only real big blow, um, and I think, but now to lose, you know, Mo Jabi was a guy who, you know, look, he, he was a guy who was trusted. You know, he, he played a lot his three years here. He, you know, he had 15 catches, for, I think, you know, close to 200 yards and a, t and a touchdown last year, which obviously isn't anything great. But, 
you got to understand how bad you know Rutgers' passing offense was for most of his time here. Uh, he was a guy who blocked well. You know, he was a reliable player who got on the field over a lot of the, you know, every year it seemed like Rutgers would bring in a, a new crop of wide receivers, and everyone would say these are the guys who are going to finally produce. And by the end of the year, Mojave, if he was healthy, was right. still starting. You know, still playing a bigger role with those guys. So, and I think he's a guy who's going to end up at a Power Five school. You know, he's a you know, as I said, he, he's he's a reliable player. He doesn't have the best hands in the world. But then to lose Mike Maietti, I think is a, is a big blow. Look, Mike Maietti, I've always said, yes, he he's undersized. You know, he he's not necessarily the most dominant physical center you're going to find in college football, the Big Ten. But I always thought Mike Maietti stood for something in the sense that one, he was a great team leader. I think he's a guy who. You know, I remember John McNulty told me he would have, last year, um, but obviously before John got let go, he was he would be stunned if Mike did, wasn't a captain at Rutgers by the end of his career. So, you know, sort of shades of Jonah Jackson, you know, you know, beating the team meeting front row, tweeting out the photo, and then you know he's gone a couple of days later. Um, I think Jonah was obviously a better player than than Mike, but Mike was a very effective center. I think he was probably top to bottom Rutgers' best offensive lineman last year, and he always to me was the type of kid that Rutgers has to have to win in the Big Ten. The Jersey kid who's tough, who plays it over his head, who wants to be here, who they can develop and invest, and he turns into a three, four-year starter. Um, it's a tough blow. I mean, Rutgers didn't want to let him go. I, I, I think my understanding is that basically, you know, he just, he can graduate. He loves Rutgers, but he wants to, you know, go get a graduate degree elsewhere, experience something new. And, and frankly, he probably can go to a school like Vanderbilt. Pete Rossimondo is there. Um, and they were pretty close. Obviously, you know, Rossman, the former Rutgers offensive line coach. Um, what, BC would not shock me if BC were to get in the mix. Was it just seems like Jeff Halfley wants to uh, he wants to contest Jersey with Chiano. I think that's one of the kind of developing storylines we've got going on here. But yeah, I just think it's a situation where it's a tough blow. But I think last year when, when Jonah Jackson left and Nikki Griffin Stewart and Max Anthony, it really kind of rocked the program. Um, I don't think it's going to have that same devastating impact this time because I think it's a lot, lot, lot firmer footing with, with Chiano back, but it, it's not something, you know, every time Rutgers gets a guy from the transfer portal, he's about to break out. And every time he, a guy leaves, fans say why he's not good <laughs> yeah. enough. This is a blow. Don't let people on the right. message board is, tell you. And this actually segues into what I, what I thought was a really good question from, uh, <clears throat> from David Melman on the Rutgers insider. Sorry. And it, it's, uh, uh, and we'll get to all the questions from uh, everyone who signed up on ng.com backslash text. But this is the one that struck me is that, is this a case when you see guys in the transfer portal, is this a case of the coaching staff nudging them in, in there and saying, okay, we're, we're moving in a different direction. You're not a good fit. Or is this, is this a case of Rutgers being rejected by the players himself? I guess we don't really know. We don't really know all the answers. I get the sense certainly that they would have, they would have liked to keep as many veteran players around knowing Greg, uh, you know, uh, I mean, what do you think? Are, are, are we looking at a situation where these, these players have just decided that, you know what, I'm not a good fit here. I need to move on while I can, or is this also an incident of, uh, of the coach clearing out space? Yeah, not in these two examples because I'll you know I'll, I'll say this. I mean, Mo, Mo Jabi obviously his cousin is is uh, Muhammad Sanu who you know played for Graciano and you know is obviously a Rutgers legend. Um, you know, if he wanted to, to finish out you know his, his time, Graciano is not going to uh, you know try to push right. him out. And Mike Maietti, another program guy from a you know yeah. a North Jersey parochial school who, who you know was on on track to be a captain. Cratch is right. You know, it, it is eerily similar to Jonah Jackson, the same position. 
basically, you know, a possible captain sitting in the front row in a team meeting. But yeah, you know, that's kind of the way the way it is now. And the reason why they do it that way is so that they can get their uh, their their spring semester paid. So if you set set foot on campus, uh, you know, and, and enroll in classes, and um, you know, you, you can uh, get the entire semester paid. So that's the reason why they do it with the timing. Um, I, I don't think there, you know, in any way where, where these, there are kids, you know, certainly, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, that, that Graciano probably has a, you know, legitimate, honest co- conversation with who says, you know, you m- might not be playing this year, but my Eddie and, and Jabby were not, uh, were not among them. All I right. Let's think. dive into the, uh, to the Rutgers insider questions as always, guys, I know it's a slow season, but you know, we are in there several times a day texting and chatting and answering your questions and, uh, and we appreciate you sending these through for Rutgers Insider, nj.com backslash text. Um, and uh, lot, still a lot of uncertainty about uh, the coaching staff, Cratch. We want to know who's being targeted for the special teams coaching spot. Uh, and and along those lines, uh, you know, this is one that comes up all the time. Any chance I'm reeling a, reeling a burger back in? And if not, why the change from earlier in the season? I mean, what do you think on those two? Well, I think I'll start with Berger. I don't see it happening. I mean, I think the fact that, you know, he committed to Wisconsin and, you know, that was what it's, you know, we're taping this almost a month ago now that he made the commitment to Wisconsin and we, and signing day is about a you know week, 10 days away. And there has not been an official right. visit to Rutgers. So, you know, I, I think that Jalen Berger's Rutgers, you know, entry, you know, Rutgers skin in the, in the Jalen Berger game, I think was probably a little bit exaggerated or, or overblown. So I, I, he's going to Wisconsin. I, I think the fact that Rutgers only has, you know, two, three spots left and, you know, they're, you know, obviously people expect them to look for a quarterback, you know, they're going hard after Paris Shan, defensive tackle. Um, they brought in some other guys. They've also, I mean, I think it's clear burgers, you know, and, and getting Aaron Crookshank, the Wisconsin transfer was, was a big pickup out of the portal. I think it's clear Berger's not going here. As for the last position on the coaching staff, well, one, I can say, you know, Nunzio Campanelli is going to coach tight ends again. Augie Hoffman is going to coach running backs. Looks like Colby Smith will not be returning. What I've heard from people is that Greg Schiano is looking to hire a special teams coordinator, a guy who handles just special teams. Not, you know, like Chris Ash had it, where like every coach on the staff handled one specific team or a coach handled a position group and special teams, just a special teams coordinator. Um, but that being said, you know, everyone I've talked to said, it's not like, you know, when you're talking about defensive line coach, everyone knew, was, you know, Jim Panic goes to the top of the list. There's no obvious fit um, for this thing. And I expect Greg to kind of take his time with this hire. Um, you know, obviously maybe there'll be some movement after signing day, which is I believe February 5th. You know, his staffs kind of shuffle again across the nation, but that's what people are expecting. They're expecting a special teams coordinator who who focuses on all special teams. Obviously, that was something that was really big for Greg. You know, key to Rutgers winning games his first time around. But don't really have any great candidate name list. I've heard some guys speculated, but nothing. <laughs> okay. Nothing firm. Uh, and to just to co- to to close that uh, loop about the coaching staff, Colby Smith has been let go. Correct. Right. Uh, yes, all indications. Right. I mean, there's no place for him on the staff. I guess in theory he could 
stick around and and, and a, you know obviously he's got a year left in his contract. Rutgers are going to have to pay him no matter what. But my and expectations will, will be running backs coach. Else. Is that is that is that the understanding? That's yes, yes, yes. Twitter Twitter official. Official. He's Twitter tight official. official. He's tight end. Uh, <laughs> this is another good one that ties into one more, and we're going to get to more basketball questions in a minute. But while we're on football, how with all of these departures in the transfer portal, what does that mean for the scholarship total, and will it reflect? in what we see on signing day. Do either one of you have an idea if this changes the numbers that they might get going forward uh, immediately, or is this something more down the line? Well, they'll, they'll get the scholarship back at the, you know, once they hit the summer. Um, but the, they still have a, you know, they, I believe that the number that's like, all indications mm-hmm. are they're gonna be able to sign 25 total for this signing cycle. And there's some thought that they may be able to add a 26 guy and count that toward um, the 2019 signing class, which makes sense because remember, one you had uh, you know Rayon Buell, that defensive tackle from the Buffalo area, who came in and you know basically left after a week of like summer workouts. Um, so I'm not you know maybe they were able to work some NCAA loophole and get that one back. And also remember, Ron Johnson from Camden, you know, never showed up uh, after we thought he was going to be a grad transfer from Michigan. But what so what will my guess is what happen is obviously they will these scholarships are being freed up to get to 25, 26, the 25, 26, whatever the number is. Chances are that Greg will probably, you know, what, what they usually do is any scholarships that are left over, you give it to a deserving, you know, junior or senior walk-on, prep, usually a senior walk-on because that kid's gonna graduate, that kid's gonna process out of the program after the season, and it's freed up again. You can go hand it to uh you know, incoming 2021 members. So they, they are freeing up scholarships, but it's not going to – I think they already had the number they wanted, and it's not like there's suddenly going to be a bonanza and they can add 10 more guys. All right, segueing over to uh, some basketball questions. This is a good one, Sarge, and I think if you, you guys were at the games, you might not have seen it, but uh, after Geo's shot went in, there was just – in the background of uh, of the crowd going crazy was, was athletic director Pat Hobbs and just the expression of just sheer joy and excitement on his face. The question is, if men's basketball makes the NCAA tournament, does that build up – build back a lot of goodwill between Hobbs and the fan base? Uh, you know, I certainly – he is certainly the one who hired Steve Peichel, uh, you know, gave him the contract extension. Uh, Peichel swears by him. What do you think, Sarge? Are we going to see uh, – are we going to see – you know, this is the beginning of uh, Pat Hobbs's comeback. I, I, absolutely, I, I think you know when you, when you look at that hire and we documented it this just this, this past week, this wasn't a a clear cut. I mean, Dan Danny Hurley was a guy who who Pat Hobbs obviously had uh, conversations with early on. He says that he never offered him, um, but. You know, he was obviously a no-brainer guy who he had to have conversation with. But then, beyond that, there was no clear-cut you know choice as a as a plan B, uh, or you know as a, you know anyone else on the short list. And you know the fact that he he uh, identified C. Peichel, you know, really from an early uh, point on, like he you know he was pretty open about saying that you know he started uh, you know investigating and looking into Steve Peichel really uh, from you know, midway through uh, that season when he knew he was going to have to make a change, gets a lot of credit for being able to, to, to identify and make the right, right hire. Um, you know, a guy who, um, you know, just, yeah, yes, I see, you know, Fred Hoiberg, the Nebraska coach uh, and every coach, I mean, you, you, you is kind of a cliche where coaches always say, you know, you know, we, you know, great job by, by this other guy, by their counterpart, tip of the cap. But, 
he he said, you know, Steve Peichel is one of the best guys in the business. I mean, I don't think he was, you know, that that, that was. You hear a lot of coaches saying that. Uh, give Pat Hobbs a lot of credit for hiring the, the the guy, you know, who has done it the right way. He hasn't taken any, any shortcuts, and uh, you know, I think if they do go to the NCAA tournament, this is the Hobbs first time I felt this way in. I mean. <laughs> and forever really covering watching a team where they have a coach they yeah, outcoach teams I mean and I, yeah. I didn't think the game against Nebraska was his finest game obviously but oh. a game against Iowa you know you, you get punched in the face when they're scoring a lot of points suddenly and you can't stop a guy and you still have this incredible comeback late in the game to to make it to, to get in the lead briefly before Iowa won I mean you're just seeing things from just a from a coaching acumen that you just haven't seen Red Rutgers in a long time So, Steve, I saw you texted something, you know, yesterday. I found it interesting because we both covered that 2006 football season where it really came out of, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to be really good. They were coming off a bowl uh, season year before, but no one thought they were going to be 9-0. and um, You know, does it remind you of that? You know, the, just the, the, the way that, the, you know, the season has gone? Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it does. Why, and it, it's, so, and it's, it's really simple. And this is, this is the way I felt about the first Giants Super Bowl run where they won all those road playoff games and, you know, stunned Green Bay and beat the undefeated Patriots. Same way I felt about, you know, that Rutgers run when they, when they beat Louisville and the, the campus and everyone excited. It's the newness factor when something hasn't happened in a long time. And you you just, everyone is seeing this with fresh eyes to me is what makes, what makes it, what makes it so much fun. And, yeah. and I do think there is a, a degree as with both of those. And you're right. There was some expectation with football that year, but certainly not, top 10 team at one point. Uh, but like there were <laughs> with, with the Giants was the same way. You did not expect that team to be in the Super Bowl. So the, the fact that people are still, every time they go out, something, you know, something exciting happens that they're not expecting to see, you know, to me that adds another layer to it where it's just, you know, it's, and it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, the, the, you know, another team this reminds me of, and it's funny, like going through teams I've covered was that first Nets team with Jason Kidd. And this is going back a ways. I know they've been in Brooklyn for a long time. Yeah. But just like teams I've covered where all of a sudden you're like, oh, look, they're 7-1. Okay, they're pretty good. And then, you know, oh, well, they're, they're going to win the Eastern Conference. And then, holy cow, they're, they're playing the Lakers in the finals. You know, it's just teams that, you know, just that kind of catch you by surprise. And, and that, that's this. I would put this team so far in that category. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've heard. I don't know if you guys have no, heard, but they were picked right? 12th really? uh, before the huh. season. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you would think you would, that someone yeah. would, would remind us of that, like at a, at a press conference you know, every once in a while, but right. I have heard that. I might want to have to look it up, but, you know. Have you heard that, Crash? Yes, I'm familiar Who with Who was this picked 13th? Uh, that guy must be very angry. angry. You know, it's funny, actually. I, I, you know, it's, <laughs> I think there may have been – I'm not sure, but it's actually funny. Like it, it actually kind of eats me a little inside because funny from my you know prior life as a high school sports reporter, when the first year I believe it was twenty twenty thirteen, they it was like the second year where they had group you know five groups for high school football. I predicted Phillipsburg to win North Jersey Section Two Group Four, but to finish in last place in the Mid State Thirty Eight Delaware Division. Phillipsburg won right? the Delaware division, <laughs> and they gave crap for. And I all kind of say, but I picked you guys to win the state title. You can't give me that much grief, but 
my friends up in the state line didn't really care, but I love those guys. Uh, I had a few more questions here on the on uh, from the insider. What are the chances that women's basketball makes the NCAA tournament, and how awesome would it be for both men's and women's teams to be in? And they, yeah, I mean that would be certainly uh, it would be the first time in. Uh, forever, right? Have they ever been in the tournament the same year? That's a great. I have to look that one up. Uh, I think, that, right? Well, you know, I, there, was, there wasn't. A, I mean, no, I, I because there wasn't a tournament. I mean, they. I don't know if. I mean, ninety one. They weren't not in the NCAA 91? tournament. No, I guess not. Because I think it would yeah. be. It would, I don't believe so. I mean, it would be the AIAW. Um, well, I would say this: Rutgers women's basketball. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I believe they got blown out. Um, we're taping this on Sunday afternoon. I believe they were blown out. Yes, seventy-one okay. fifty-seven loss at Michigan. Um, so they're they're kind of you know they lost to Michigan State you know recently. So they're kind of you know again I think Rutgers has to be worried about it. that annual kind of mid right. to late season yeah. swoon this team has had in recent years might be coming. But that being said, I think the most recent bracketology projection from ESPN's Charlie Cream had him as a yeah. as a, a six seed, I believe. So. They have some wiggle room. You know, the Big Ten's a strong league, and they've really been off to a good start. Um, but they have a kind of, again, they have a little bit of a, a, a bottom-heavy schedule. They're going to they're gonna play some really good teams down the stretch in Big Ten play. So uh, they're safely in right now, but if they keep losing, if, and if they kind of hit the skids like they <coughs> have in recent years, they could fall avoid that trip to stores out. in March, which is always, always where they seem to be. Uh any update on the Omaruis, Cliff and Eugene? What is going on with uh, the big recruit narrowed at the five choices? Rutgers is on there. No new development since then. And how is Eugene doing out in Oregon? Do we know? Have we anybody looked that up? What's what's going on? He's sitting out. Eugene is sitting out. I think he is. Uh, so uh, neither yes. of the uh, two non-related uh, Omaruis, whose name I could never pronounce when he was here, and and so if Cliff comes, I apologize in advance. All right, uh, those are all the. Uh, one fact check, one, one fact check uh, Steve. Rutgers women did. did go to the NCAA yeah. tournament in 1991. I just looked it up. Oh. And, and to, to, to Cratch's point, he's 100% right. Um, and I've, you know, talking to people inside the program, they, you know, they are, they do seem like uh, they're a little banged up. Uh, they're not particularly deep. And really, the Big Ten is kind of like the men's, uh, you know, uh, Big Ten. Yeah. You know, it's just you, you look at all these teams, um, you know, only four teams are below 500 at this point. So you have a bunch of teams that are four and four, five and four. Rutgers is at five and three. At five and three, they're, they're fourth in the conference right now. Uh, so, you know, kind of like the, the men's uh, uh, standings, uh, it's just a jumbled mess. A lot of basketball left to be played. All right, I'm going to leave that. Just notice this one. It's a great question. Uh, how loud does it really get at the rack is a question. And it's funny because Griffin Whitmer, the uh, the great jack of all trades in the uh, Rutgers Athletic Department, is actually walking around with a decibel reader. Have you seen this tweet? And I guess he got wait, what was the what was the reading? Yes. I guess it was like a loud orchestra. One ten, right? One ten. He said it was one ten after Geo shot, which. I'm now looking at Griffin's Twitter. He says that's somewhere pain. between very noisy and pain right, on this right. threshold of hearing graph he has. So uh looks like full symphony right. orchestra is about 110. Uh, 120 would be a hi-hat cymbal strike. Okay. 130 would be a live rock band. So so it hasn't gotten to the point to where the it's, strike it's there, guys. Thorndike in the car from High Anxiety. Anybody catch that reference? Sarge, could to catch that one? No, no. No. 
You did catch it. You did. Okay. All right. I did, Before I your did. time. Yeah, I got it. Yep. Um, yep. All right. What else do we got, guys? We have a new president. Hey, you want to talk about that, Sarge? I mean, this guy, uh, you know, you asked him what one of these, you know, you asked him a question. He, he talked for like, he gave yeah. you an essay, like a college essay about his background in athletics. It was a great answer. Yeah. It was an encouraging answer. I think people at the athletic department are excited by the prospects of him. Give me a little, give me the little foreign one on the, the new guy. Yeah, I mean, he obviously played football at Stanford, but he did. You know, when I when I when I asked him about it, he he made it a point. You know, he 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 was on the Stanford football team, but he did not play football at Stanford. He played one play in four year in in, in five years at Stanford his senior year. I uh, he even quipped that you know when 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 his coach asked him to go in, <laughs> uh, he couldn't even find his helmet. Yeah. So um, the idea that he was like a super football player, he played with Corey Booker um, at Stanford. And but all that being said, you know, he clearly has a football background. He was a big time recruit, you know, uh, going into Stanford. But, you know, he 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 even said, like, you know, he uh, more has been written about his football exploits in the, in the you know, you know, in the past uh, week and a half than than, you know, in the last, you know, than his academic you know accomplishments. And, you know, academically, you know, it's a it's a great fit um, from an athletic standpoint. Everyone you talk to and we quoted, uh, we talked to Pat Hobbs about it. Everyone you, you you talk to is is you know very enthusiastic. Thinks that he's going to be a uh, you know welcome change, a change agent possibly. You know with regards to you know the faculty, you know still have, have you know and they may have legitimate concerns about the spending. We just reported the latest finances. Uh, they're they're about forty three, forty two million dollars. Um, you know deficit. Um, that's you know including loans and 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 uh, you know and stuff that they're going to have to pay back to the university and and subsidies from the university bank and then student fees. So there's still some challenging days ahead from a financial standpoint. Faculty will is still uh, you know questioning you know uh, uh, some of the spending. Um, the new president will will have his hands full. Um, you know certainly to try to uh, you know bridge that divide. Uh, but from from you know just from a you know a, a enthusiastic standpoint i think you know you you're, you talk to pat hobbs he, right, you right. know he's all right well on that note this is a good place to end we have uh, a lot of fun coming up here a, a basketball season a full month of uh, heading in for february which should be exciting and leading into march we're gonna have it all covered uh anything else before we sign off guys got it check all right we're good all right We'll see you at the rack. Come visit Good. us in the, yeah. in the seats if you're there. Enjoy this uh, this incredible season. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to, to recap where we are. Thanks for listening.